Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show lined up for you. Agreed. I'm loving this topic, actually. It's yes. so applicable, in my opinion. Yeah, because, you know, we have a lot of Weekend Warriors that listen to this show. And, you know, we like to share some of the mistakes that we've made. And so we'd like to give advice to, to guide you in the right direction. Yeah, to help you avoid making the mistakes that we've made or to give you an opportunity to have success like we've had. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of the uh, remodeling, biggest remodeling do's and don'ts. Yes, and there are a lot of them. As a matter of fact, we won't even be able to cover all of them today because we're so passionate about uh, a, a lot of them. We'll probably talk way too much about them, oh, I'm but, sure. but it's going to be, uh, but it's going to be a super exciting show. Yeah, totally. You know, we come to you every weekend. Uh, we call this the weekend warriors home improvement show because we are weekend warriors. We work full time during the week for par lumber company. I've been there for uh, almost 15 years. Tony, how long have you been at Par Lumber? Yeah, I'm, I mean, started in 1987. I'm somewhere in the 30-ish range. That's a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of experience. So we have a lot of information that we can share uh, from a different perspective. You know, we're not contractors. Uh, we're weekend warriors, but we also n know a lot of contractors. We can get on the phone and talk to them and ask questions. And Tony and I have taken on some projects on both of our houses that are pretty significant. Yeah, and I mean, you said that right there. We are, we're weekend warriors because we're homeowners. And as homeowners, we have a responsibility to maintain our home and an opportunity to improve our home, which is an opportunity to improve our investment and to improve the resale value of our home. And we take that very seriously. So with that in mind, we wanna spend as little as possible on each of the projects that we do around our home in order to put back into that kitty, right? Yeah, no, it's a, you're right. It's an investment. For some of us, it's a long-term investment. For others, it might be a short-term, a flip. Yeah. But either way, you want to get, if it's a flip, you want to do, you want the do, to do the stuff that is going to make you the most money. Yeah, it gives you the best value for your dollar spent. Yep. And if it's a long-term investment, something you're going to live in for a long time, you're going to want to do things to that house that are, uh, pleasing to you that you don't you're not going to regret using quality materials that are going to last for a long time not something that you're going to have to replace again in uh, you know in a short period of time absolutely and we have made those mistakes many of them we've we've practiced those remodeling don'ts uh, by mistake and uh, we don't want you to do it yeah absolutely so I don't know if you know this or not but Tony and I have a YouTube channel we have all kinds of fantastic videos on there that, you know, help our listeners and our viewers with different projects. We've got all kinds of things that we're doing on there. So go check that out. It's youtube.com forward slash WW Home Show. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. So if you have any questions there, make sure you go to our uh, Instagram and Facebook page. What's easiest is to go to par.com and click on the Weekend Warriors link. That'll take you right to our website. And it's got all of that stuff on there. If you ever have any questions or comments, feel free 
to send those in. We are happy to answer questions to the best of our ability, and uh, we do that every week. So, And a lot of those videos that we've created came from necessity, things that we needed to do anyways. And so we were able to capture that and share it with you. We know that it's real-life stuff, not stuff that we've made up, uh, you know, but things that are absolute necessity. So yeah. it's uh, riveting stuff, isn't it? <laughs> riveting. <laughs> Maybe we should start, uh, we should go through this list a little bit, kind of give a preview of what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this show. Yeah, some of these topics, uh, you know, we're going to get into real depth, and some of them, you know, we won't spend as much time on. But to give you an idea of some of the things that we're going to be talking about, I'm just going to throw out like the biggest one, Corey, like the number one biggest remodel don't. And that's don't start your project if you don't have enough money. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's it happens all the time, and it's it's me. I had that exact same experience. You know, I started a project that I was very excited about. I thought that I had done, um, I had thought about it a lot, and I thought, yeah, this is not going to be that big of a deal. But you know what? I didn't give it the amount of time and research that I should have and ended up in the middle of a project and it was costing me, it did cost me more than I anticipated because I didn't do the research. I didn't take the time and do the research. Yeah, that's a big DIY don't. You know, the uh, a lot of people like to swing the hammer. They like to get in there and do the demo. The demo. You know, they're tired. I hate this kitchen. Yep. I'm going to take a hammer to it now. Yeah. And then you forget, oh, I have to order cabinets. That's that's seven to eight weeks out. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. Next thing you know, your project is starting two months from now and you have no kitchen. <laughs> I have got a pile of stuff that I just ripped out of my old kitchen. I don't have a garbage can to put it in. <laughs> I don't have a dumpster and I didn't budget that $500 that it's going to cost me to fill that thing up. And, uh, and I'm going to have to handle the material twice now. Uh, because I'm going to have to get that here. And where am I going to put it? I didn't give it all that thought. You know, that's that's a prime example. That's a pretty good one. Here's here's another one. Don't start your project too soon. I mean, if you're moving into a house, say a fixer-upper, sometimes you can start projects way too early, like before you even lived in the house. And I know the feeling. You want to get in there and have that brand new kitchen, but a lot of people do that. They do that. They, they get move in right the, away and they, they, they jump right in. Here's the thing, Corey. They walk through the house. And, and you know what? I was with you walking through a house years ago and uh, walk through the house and you're like, you know what? I don't like the way this is, but I can fix that. And I don't like the way this is, but I can fix that. And so you you figured that into your grand scheme. But, uh, but some people get in there and do that right away before they get a feel for what door they're going to use most often or where they're going to store things, and they don't know where to put shelves, maybe. And then after they've gotten it done, they realize, ah, that wasn't the most efficient change. Yeah. I say live in this space for a little while. Know where you're, you know, you know where doors you're using. How would you feel if you put hardwood in a space and then realized, oh, man, I wish I would have put ceramic tile down here. I'm ruining this hardwood floor. Or I wish that I would have made this countertop bigger because every time I walk in the door, I put my groceries on that countertop and it's way too small. Here's another example. You, you, the, ca the house has got carpet in it and the carpet is trash. So you're going to replace the carpet. Well, do you blindly replace the carpet and put it everywhere it already is? Or do you decide that there's some places where there's carpet that shouldn't be? Yeah. And so you pay the money, replace the carpet and then realize, man, 
Why do I have carpet in my entryway? <laughs> Why is there carpet under my dining room table? Yeah. That is a mistake. And Why you know what? Why is there a carpet in my bathroom? There is it's a big don't. <laughs> There's a lot of homes out there that have carpet in places where there shouldn't be. And spending the time to figure out what changes you want to make before you make them is valuable. I have one big do, a remodeling do, and that's hire a professional designer. It's not as expensive as you think. And it will cost or will save you lots of money in the long run. I agree with that completely. That is great advice. Tips like these and so many more in this show. You won't want to miss any of it. So stick around. Uh, you're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. And folks, we're going to be right back. Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. If you haven't already, go check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash WW Home Show. Uh, you can like our page. You can leave us messages. Uh, if you want to email Tony and I or get a hold of us somehow, you can go to the Par Lumber webpage at par, P-A-R-R.com. Click on the Weekend Warriors link and Tony and I's information is right there. Uh, or if you uh, like to surf Pinterest, we do have a Pinterest page at forward slash WW Home Show. Yeah, lots of cool stuff on there. Lots of good idea, lots of good ideas, opportunities to get uh, inspired or motivated. And I wish you would do more on there. You, do you? I get lonely on there. Oh, do you? <laughs> well, I I spend all of my time on Pinterest looking at the amazing things you put on there. Right. Uh, <laughs> Tony spends all of his time on Instagram. <laughs> well, you know what are you going to do? <laughs> to each his own, right? Today we're talking about. Um, Home improvement projects, uh, home improvement project do's and don'ts, and uh, there's a there's a lot of those. I mean, we could spend weeks and weeks talking about that, but we put together some of our favorites, uh, things that we know we've dealt with, questions, question marks we've dealt with in the past, and we're going to talk about some of those things and um, a lot of the mistakes that are commonly made. And uh, so, hopefully, when you step into your next and next project, you know you'll be more enlightened, right? These cover um, all time, types of different projects, whether you're um, doing a small project on your own home or if you're planning to um, hire a contractor. Yep. Or if you're planning to build a new home, it's going to cover a lot of those different types of things. But most of them can be tied in um, to just about any type of a project that you may be that you may be looking at. I agree. So when you're doing all this stuff, when you're putting your project together, the first thing you have to think about, you have to consider is design. Well, it all starts with the big idea, right? Yeah, the big idea. The first thing you say is you're standing in your kitchen and the formica um, the formica on the edge of your countertop is peeling back. Every time you lean up against the counter, right, it catches your belt buckle or something and it peels back and you're like, I hate this formica countertop. I want, um, I want something that's better, right? And that, of course, spurs a, a kitchen remodel project, right? And so, and there's a lot of things that are involved in a kitchen remodel project. It's not just a kitchen remodel. There's all of those different things. And you have to, you have to decide what's going to look best, right? What countertop do I want? 
I've got to replace my cabinets probably. What yeah. cabinets do I want? What color are we going to go for? Um, you know, there's the flooring probably is going to have to be replaced. Um, do we want to address appliances? Are our appliances out of date? Should we be looking for something more efficient? All of those things are encompassed when you say your big idea is I need to replace this countertop. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Design and money kind of go hand in hand. You know, when you're planning things, you know, do you have to come up with your budget first? Do you have to say to yourself, man, I hate this kitchen, but I only got 500 bucks. Right. Or I hate this kitchen. I want to gut the whole thing and money is no object. I don't own too many people in that position, uh, but I don't know. You know, I guess uh, I guess money is the first and foremost. But you know, let's talk a little bit about design first. Yeah, uh, let's let's talk about this. You just said you said budget, right? Budget and design they do go hand in hand. Here's maybe the first thing that I want to say, and it's not even at the top of the list, but I'm going to throw it in, Corey. I'm going to steal this from from down lower on the list. Don't ignore cosmetic upgrades. Right. While you're looking at your kitchen and you're saying this thing's driving me crazy, I've got to do something to to make it better. Right. But you realize that a kitchen remodel is going to cost you 15 or 20 or thirty thousand dollars. You may be able to ease your mind and satisfy the need sometimes with cosmetic upgrades, maybe just replacing the light fixtures, replacing the faucets or the water fixtures, replacing you know, the handles on the cabinets or refacing the cabinets or painting the cabinets. There's a lot of things that you can do. They even make countertop resurfacing products that are so much less expensive than spending 15, 20 or $30,000 remodeling your entire kitchen. Maybe you're going to have the money to do it later, but you don't want to wait all that time to start a project. Don't overlook or ignore potential cosmetic upgrades you can you can really brighten a place up change its overall look without you know without going to the bank which is interesting you say this because the very first thing that you put on your list tony made up his list he sent it to me <laughs> i added a bunch of things to it and now we're talking about then cory organized it right and he used little <laughs> tabs and highlighted and you know changed the font it's a beautiful list by the way thank you but the very first thing you put on your list under you know and i kind of classified it under design was don't put lipstick on a pig that's right that's what absolutely is, right what do you mean by that well i think that we talk a lot a lot of times about uh, how important it is um not to not to, well, lipstick. The word is lipstick, right? Not to just put lipstick, right? You have to address the real issues at hand all the time. You can't just, um, you can't just put lipstick on it and make it all better. Like, for instance, if your siding is all rotting, don't just patch it and paint it. Patch and paint, right. Patch and paint. Right. I mean, there, there could be a lot of underlying problems right. underneath that. If you have a bunch of mold in your counters and your your cabinets and you open your cabinet door and there's a lot of mold back there you know some people will say oh just bleach it prime it paint it it'll right. go away well not always right that's right the lipstick costs money and if ultimately you have a bigger problem that's going to have to be fixed and then the money that you spent on the cosmetic upgrades is going to be wasted because you're going to get a loan later and then lose all of that stuff then that's counterproductive but uh, if if ultimately you can work these 
cosmetic upgrades into the design of the bigger picture, right? Then you won't lose that money later when you do the, uh, the bigger changes. So Corey's right. You don't want to do these. If ultimately the money you spend on it will be lost trying to fix a bigger issue. That makes perfect sense. That's the pig. There's another, there's another aspect to this same comment, not putting lipstick on a pig, right? If your home is in an area, um, where the where the average home value is 150,000, right? And then you spend $50,000 on a kitchen remodel, um the likelihood that you're going to get your money that money back out of that in that area is less likely. You could potentially be throwing good money away by spending too much money on something that will never be worth what you're spending on it. I agree. You know, that's that's one of the do's that I added to your list was uh, check the cost versus value report to see if your project is even uh, viable if you care about such things. You know, there's many reasons to choose to do a project, and uh, one of them is that you uh, want to refresh or upgrade, but another might be just because. And if you're trying to gain money, if you're trying to... Uh, it, improve the improve value. Improve your investment yeah. and improve the value of your home. There's a report called the Cost versus Value Report that comes on uh, in the Remodeler magazine. Uh, you can Google search it, Cost versus Remodel or Cost versus uh, value. value Report. Mm -hmm. Comes out every year and they compile information from realtors, from uh, contractors, and then they, they, they're able to rate what projects that you do in your home will get the most value out of them. And by far, there's a lot of projects that you won't even make 50, 60% back. Right. You know, you might spend 50 grand on it, but the value that you get out of it might only be 25. Another thing that would help you make that decision a lot of times is how long do you plan to be in this house? Is this your house? Very this is, true. This is where you're staying. You love the property. You love the location. And you just want it to be comfortable while you're living there for the next 10, 15, or 20. Then you know what? Spend it. Spend it. Do it. Make it your home. Uh, but if you're planning on turning it over when the kids get out of high school, then you should be more careful. We're going to talk more about that as soon as we come back. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today on the show, we're talking about do's and don'ts of home remodeling. Yep. Or doing home project, home yep. improvement, any kind of home improvement project. Mm -hmm. Talking about the do's and the don'ts. And we're kind of starting off with design. And when you're looking at your projects around your home, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about don't putting lips to kind of pig. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's kind of funny, but. You know, if you have a project that you're going to do uh, just to 
make something terrible look nice. Yeah. I don't recommend that. Well, right, right. Especially if there's deeper problems. Um, and the next one on our list is don't change your mind too much. Uh, this can be costly. If you spend a bunch of time and effort into uh, a spurt, certain design aspect uh, and you change your mind over and over, especially after things, especially if you've hired a contractor. Yeah, his first thing he's going to want to talk to you about is the design. Yep. And he's going to get in his mind that this is what you want, and he's going to start working that towards that. And every aspect of the project that he works on, he's keeping in mind your end uh, design or desire, right? And if you suddenly change your mind, a lot of the things he's already accomplished, uh, he probably would have done differently. Yeah, and uh, 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 to most contractors, their favorite word is change order. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Uh, change orders cost a lot of money because usually you have to stop and then start again, and they will charge for that time. Uh, if you're doing it yourself, uh, a lot of times it can cost you not only time but uh, or money, but it'll cost you time. Another thing to keep in mind is when you sat down and went through your design, you took everything into consideration. You were thinking about a lot of things, more things than you can think about at one time. During the time that you were designing, you were thinking about all these things. When you come up with a change at that time in the middle of the project or at the beginning of the project, when you've, once you've started, you may not be considering all of the aspects of the design at that time. And then later, you've made the change, you've done the work, and then you realize, oh, that's why I didn't do it that way. And now it's a problem. That's happened to Corey and I both. Mm -hmm. Right here on his project, at my house on my project, I say, you know what? We're already here. Let's do this instead. It's better. You agree. It is better. Let's do that. We make the change. We do it. And a week later, I'm like, oh, no. Remember when we decided to do that instead of that? Yeah. Well, now I've got this situation. And I didn't even think about that at the time that I made the change. Things compound. Yeah, your mind will address all of those deals during the design process. But later, if you make a change, you will likely not remember every reason why you made the decision you made. It's always better to stay with the design and make as few changes as possible. Changes uh, cost money and invariably um something goes wrong because of it. It's just, <laughs> it just seems to be the way that it is. So just don't change your mind too much. And, and like we've already said, don't work without a design. Yeah. That was the next thing on your list was don't do work without a design. And that makes a lot of sense. Honestly, people don't think about it a lot. They, uh, they want to rush right into the demo. They want to get in there and start tearing things apart and say, I'll figure it out later. Well, guess what? That doesn't work because you're going to find yourself in uh, uh, many applications where you'll walk in. Say you're doing your kitchen. You're going to walk in to the cabinet place and they're going to say, what kind of cabinet, what kind of cabinets are you looking for? And you go, I don't know. Kitchen cabinets. Yeah. Kitchen cabinets. Well, guess what? There's 50 million options for kitchen cabinets. <laughs> yeah. You're going to walk into the flooring place and they're like, what, what are you thinking? I want some uh, flooring, linoleum for my kitchen. You know, yeah, there's <laughs> there are so many options that you really have to have that something in mind before you start. Uh, Pinterest is a great one to go look at ideas, hows, um, you know, you can go to your local home centers, par lumber, we have showrooms uh, just to get ideas about the design that you want. This is a perfect opportunity for one of your dues, Corey. One of Corey's dues. Do 
tour newly remodeled homes to see what you like and don't like. Absolutely. I mean, when homes are for sale, that is an opportunity for you to go in and see what's been done at a place and really get some great ideas. Uh, and you can see it and you can handle it. It's it's real practical knowledge that you can get right there. I've That's walked a good way to do it. It doesn't many, cost anything. I've walked through many brand new homes that have been built and I said, ooh, I love that. Yeah. Or, oh, I, I hate yeah, that. I'm not I would do that. never do that. Yeah. And so it, it really is, uh, yeah, fantastic way. You can go to it. They have uh, in new construction, you can walk through, they'll have uh, open houses. You can walk through neighborhoods that you love and look at houses that are for sale. Uh, or there's like things like the Tour of Remodeled Homes or the Street of Dreams. Uh, those might be a little out of reach for most people, but at least you can walk through and get ideas. Yeah. It's a great idea. Build that catalog in your mind uh, by going out to places and seeing what's being done. It can help you see what's new uh, versus what's old, and uh, it can help you understand what works and what doesn't work. It's, uh, in my opinion, priceless. I agree. Uh, one of my, speaking of design, one of my pet peeves is when people design or they or they go into their home and they design things for their home or people design things for the home that don't match the aesthetics of their home. I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, eclectic style. You know, if you talk to designers, they're going to say, what? I don't know, whatever. I'm not a designer, but I like if you have a craftsman style home, stick with the craftsman style. Right. If you have a, a mid-century modern home, stick with the mid-century modern look. Because it's going to look good. It won't look weird. You know, I have a lot of friends who have, you know, I have a friend who has just redid their whole house. And they have a very mid-century modern home. And they went in there and they made it look very traditional. Which looks weird, in my opinion. You know, but there are design aspects that are what they call transitional. You know, where it's kind of modern, traditional. So, you know, it's just, but it's up to you. But in my opinion, design for the home. Well, I agree. We had one on here. Don't ignore what the house wants, right? Don't ignore what the house wants. What you're saying is if you go into, if you buy a home or you're in your home and you decide to make a big change uh, to the interior of the home, like you said, going contemporary in a traditional home or going traditional in a contemporary home, right? It's what you want, right? But... People that come to look at homes in certain neighborhoods, like you did, Corey, right here in this house, you chose to look at this house because this neighborhood is what you liked. Well, this neighborhood has a lot of houses that look just like this house that you chose. So you had an idea what it was going to look like already before you ever even stepped inside because it's in an area that has homes that are built in the style that you like. If you go into an area that has homes that are built to the style you like, and then you walk through a house that's for sale that doesn't match the neighborhood, you might say, oh, this is, you know, this is definitely not what I wanted. You, The people that do want what you've made might not be looking in that area because they don't expect to find that there. So what I'm sure we're going to get blown up by designers oh, all yeah. over the place. Don't, don't ignore what the house wants. I agree. That's I agree. And again, this is, uh, you know, these, these are our opinions and, and things that we have, come to learn over our years so uh, well take, yeah, i'll take give you a classic it. example tony and i were visiting a home that was on the tour of remodeled homes yeah the people that owned it 
had a very uh, unique style. They had their builder, their remodeler, remodel it the way they wanted it. Well, in some parts of the home, it was a very um, 80s track style home, the, the look of it. But then on the inside, they had, you know, colonial doors with um, craftsman trim. And in the kitchen, it was very contemporary industrial, you know, in other aspects of the home, it was very Asian, you know, they had very Asian like floors and bamboo and these different aspects that I hate it. It was like a time warp. It was weird. Just walking, like, walking from the one house, end of the house to the other. You know, all of the designs kind of, nothing really meshed together and it didn't really look good with the home. Yeah. So that's my opinion. And I'm sure I'm going to hear about it, but you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, you know, you need to have a good flow. What I mean, uh, there's a. I mean, I'm not even going to get into feng shui, right? I know you're you're. You don't know anything about it. At me, but I'm saying uh, the the house. I feel like the house needs to have a flow. This is uh, these are things that that um, uh, are are important. I feel like for the resale of a home. Again, if this is the house you're going to be in, and you're going to stay in, and then have it how you want it. If it's not something that you need to turn over and make your money on you know, in the next few years, then put that aside. Or if you've got enough money to do it two, two or three times, whatever you like. We're going to talk more about Project Do's and Don'ts when we come back. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. show built by par lumber now here's tony and Corey. hey welcome back to the weekend warriors home improvement show built by par lumber thanks for staying with us today in the show we're talking about do's and don'ts of uh home projects weekend warrior projects and uh we've been talking about design and some of the things uh, that you should do and shouldn't do um you know, ultimately, it's it's your opinion that matters. It's whatever you want. So these are just uh, suggestions. Uh, one of my suggestions with design, uh, we just have a couple more. We'll get out of it. Uh, don't be too trendy. Yeah. I mean, there are things right now that are super trendy. For instance, anything Joanna Gaines does. <laughs> Shiplap Central. Well, I mean that that may be a little bit your opinion because it's my opinion. What Joanna Gaines does is very rustic, right? Which is not trendy, but traditional. When when well, not tr- not traditional, I guess. What's the word I'm looking for? It's rustic, right? Popular. It's, it's rustic. It's rustic. Well, rustic goes way back, right? So it's re-popular. Uh, a lot of the stuff <laughs> she does. I'm just saying, you know, uh, a better example might be. Right. Accent walls. Lime green shag carpet. Right. Sure. The house I grew up in. Well, hindsight is always twenty twenty. The house I grew up in had lime green shag carpet. We look back 10 years ago and we say, Ugh, 
why did we do that? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, there are a lot of those um, things that become very popular that go away just as quickly. So being too trendy, sometimes uh, in a short period of time, you will be thinking to yourself, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah, when you're riding that uh, that trendy edge, it is tough because you never know what's going to go away really quickly. But right. uh, I mean, Corey and I de- dedicated an entire show to... Uh, um, out of style, out of style things that are that people find in their houses all the time. And so, uh, you know, Corey, Corey gave me a hard time because I put a vessel sink in my guest bathroom downstairs and he's like, no, too trendy. It's going to be gone. Well, you know, um, it was something that I, that I liked. And, and, uh, so we went for it. Um, that may cost me later. There's a lot of them out there, right? He knows it's true, but he's right. He's onto something there too trendy. Uh, can be dangerous. Here's another thing: uh, when you're de- when you're designing um, a project, right, um, and whether it involves uh, just inside the house or or on the outside of the house, the siding and windows and stuff, um, be careful not to neglect your landscaping, your yard, right. It still needs to have uh, a portion of your time. That is regular maintenance around the home, and um, it uh, is something that needs to continue to be addressed and. It needs to continue to be updated. That is also something that um, can cost you on the resale value of your home if you don't keep that updated as well. So, yep. you know, it's just a, just something to consider. Keep inside uh, your design process as you move along. All right, let's jump into uh, more money, money-related do's and don'ts. Uh, you know, the first one on our list is don't forget your budget. Right, that's right. You've got to, you have to have a budget. You have to start. If you start a project without considering how much it's going to cost you or how much you're going to have to have, and, and this is obviously this is um, common knowledge, but what here, we're here to tell you that when you get into a project at home, this type of a project, these things can become very expensive very quickly, and there are a lot of hidden costs that will pop up on you. And if you haven't considered your budget, and also figured in contingencies, then um, ultimately that can really, really bite you. You have to spend the same amount of time on your budget as you do on your design, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, and I always say, you know, like when we were going through our project, you know, we kind of set a budget for ourselves and we didn't choose the most expensive things. You know, we put in a budget of... X amount of dollars for say countertops, you know, and we could, we could go less or more. And as we got down to that portion, you know, we were able to look at the whole project and see how much money we've spent. And we chose the countertop based kind of on how much money we had. And then as we got even more towards the end, we we were able to splurge on a few things um, here and there that we weren't necessarily sell like set on in our budget Mm -hmm. that uh, we were able to squeeze in and then a couple of things we squeezed out because we didn't need them uh that's kind of the in my opinion that's the best way to do it because you're never gonna know right you will never know what you're gonna get into until you get into it that brings me to the next point don't wait for impending surprises plan ahead and be prepared um this is that this is this is what I think of when I imagine those types of things, right? 
Corey, we're going to um, we're going to remodel the the kitchen. We're going to remodel the kitchen, right? And um, and the walls um, in the kitchen oddly are smooth. There's no texture, or they're textured, and we want them to be smooth, right? I want you to think about what's behind the sheetrock. Think about when you when you take the sheetrock off to replace the sheetrock. What's back there? What are you going to find? If you find dry rot, if you find um, bare electrical wires or, you know, um, hot electrical wires that don't even have wire nuts on them. The things we saw behind Corey's sheetrock in his kitchen would literally astound you. Yeah, you, it was terrible. You don't know, unless you had the house built yourself and monitored the progress, you don't know what's out there. Corey's house had been remodeled previously, and uh, and the uh, the responsible parties were not responsible. That's the problem. So you, when you're when you're figuring your budget and you're thinking about contingencies, you need to be thinking about what would be a worst case scenario if we get into these walls and there's something major going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think a rule of thumb is ten percent, right? Yeah, or more, or more. Mm -hmm. um, here's something money related, but also design related. Uh, when you're when you're compiling your budget with along with your design. Don't choose a complicated floor plan. Uh, I, I talk to a lot of people who uh, will go into their kitchen remodels and say, I want to move the sink over there, and I want to put my uh, stove over there, and I want to move this and move that. I'll tell you right now, don't move plumbing if you don't have to. Yeah. Don't move electrical if you don't have to. Moving electrical, plumbing, and HVAC is very expensive. Very expensive. So if you're moving a toilet, you could be in for a ton of money, especially if it's on a second story, because uh, plumbing vents and your the stacks that your, your uh, sewage line goes through, those are very well thought out when the home is built. Not remodeled right. when it's built. So if you're trying to move a toilet from one wall to another wall... There may be a very good reason why it wasn't there to begin with. Yeah, you're talking about moving stacks from the crawl space all the way to the roof. So think about that when you're, when you're in your design process. And you can you live with a sink in the same general vicinity? Moving it a couple feet either way, it's probably not a big deal. But moving it from one wall to another could be a huge deal yep you know same thing removing walls you know i just want to blow that wall out well consider that in your design especially before speaking to a, a structural engineer that could potentially cost tens of thousands absolutely hundreds of thousands i had a, a, a guy look at a project last week he wanted to move a wall out eight feet hundred and fifty thousand dollars yep I mean, this I, I know this personally because I had a wall in during my kitchen remodel that I wanted to move badly. Corey came over, we addressed the the issue, and uh, sure enough, the wall I wanted to move was uh, impossible. Yeah, it was impossible. It Not was impossible. A, it was a load bearing wall, and it wasn't in my budget as badly as I wanted it to be. We're going to be talking about more of these types of things as soon as we come back. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go.
Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about do's and don'ts of uh, remodels and uh, starting projects. We've been talking about design, and now we're kind of getting into the money, right? Uh, which, you know, a lot of those go hand in hand. Uh, you know, when we're talking about design and, and, and money, you know, a lot of your design has to do with how much money you have. You know, you can't go in and, and design some elaborate remodel. You know, uh, some people want to tear off the whole second story of their house and put a new second story on. Right. Well, maybe you can and maybe you want to, uh, but you have to be prepared for how much that's going to cost. I know this is not the road you're going down, but I'm going to take this opportunity quickly to throw one in here, Corey. Don't over improve. If you're, you're when you when you're talking about money and how much you can spend, right? Don't over improve. Even if you can afford it, you could price yourself out of the market or you will find yourself buying um upgrades that the local the local buyers aren't going to want right oh sure i mean it's super important we talked about this you know earlier it's super important to make sure that you are um remodeling or renovating your home um and keeping with the design or keeping with the value the average value in your area if you build a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar home on a cul-de-sac that has a bunch of $150,000 homes, you won't bring the value of their homes up as much as they will bring the value of your home down. That's the thing. Comparable pricing, right, um, is very important when it comes to buying and selling homes. So when you choose your remodel, do it in such a way that it keeps you in that average um, home value for your area. Don't over, Don't over-improve and price yourself out of the market. That's a very important thing to keep in mind. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, here's another one that you kind of put in that makes sense is uh, don't ignore things that can be salvaged. Yeah. Uh, if you're working on your project and something can be reused, reuse it. There's no reason not to, especially if it can be refurbished. Uh, this This goes especially for older homes where a lot of times there are things that can't be replaced with something that's the same, right? Things that are older uh, were built in such a way, while maybe there may be something today that looks similar to it, it's not going to be the same. If it can be refurbished, keeping those old, we'll say, irreplaceable features in the home is uh, not only a money saver, but could potentially improve the value of your home going forward. So don't replace it just because you're replacing everything those things that can be salvaged or refurbished and kept, you you should at least give it a lot of consideration. No, that's a good tip. Uh, here's one, you know, money related. Um, don't buy unnecessary tools. I find myself at the tool store all the time thinking, man, I could really use. Yeah, every day, really. A diamond tile saw. You're, you're at the your tool store every day, <laughs> every aren't you? Day, yeah. You're right. Every day I would go to work. Um, <laughs> but I always walk by these things and I'm like, man, I could really use that for this one project I have. But you know what else I have? I have a garage full of tools that I've used once. Yeah. And then I lend them out to all my friends. 
We put that Craig jig to good use, though, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. I will use it again this weekend. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there are some things that just don't make sense. Uh, go rent them. You'll you use it up what you need and give it back. Yeah, especially when we're talking about a project, right? When you're talking about a project and you're building your budget, um, it's very easy to say, well, I can afford that tool. But later in the project, you'll wish you'd saved that money. Don't buy a tool and say this. Don't ever buy a tool and say this. I'm sure I'll have an opportunity to use it again in the future. <laughs> uh, that because it's probably not what you need. You can well, rent so, for so much cheaper. Yeah, we you know we've done those shows, the necessary necessity tools, and uh, yeah, sure, there are some tools that I think every weekend warrior should have. But there's a lot of tools that I just don't think a dingo's not one of them. <laughs> a dingo's not one of them. <laughs> uh, 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 Ceramic tile saws, not one of them. Uh, hardwood floor stapler. <laughs> <laughs> These are things, of course, that we have rented for our projects. Yes, and uh, because yeah, it's a good. Here's thing another we didn't thing: is because a lot of times, you know, the the for you to buy one, that maybe if it makes sense to buy one, uh, like for instance, I just bought a coil nailer to put up my fence. I was renting one for twenty bucks a day. I bought a coil nailer for one hundred fifty bucks, and I've used it. For at least 12 days. Right. So at that point, you know, it just made sense to buy one. Sure, sure. At some point it does. All part of the planning, design, and budget process. Yeah, plan ahead. Uh, I have another quick tip. Uh, Don't buy some things on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) This coming from a guy who buys a lot of stuff on the internet. You're right. But there are some things, especially in a home remodel... Uh, that you can get in a lot of trouble on. And I get this from a lot of my contractors who have homeowners who uh, have gone out and said, why would I buy that faucet at that place? I can get something very similar on, you know, online at this website at cheapsinks.com and I'll have it for $40 less. But guess what? There is always a problem with it. Yeah. Always, always, always. There's always some washer missing or some part that's broken or something that's missing that's not going to let it work properly. And guess what? They're hosed. You you can't call that company and take it back to them and say, hey, I need this fixed, where a local company can help you. Right. Um, yeah. I've, I've run into it too much. It's happened to me. I bought a range hood vent. Uh, on Amazon, it did not fit. Guess what I had to do with it? Throw it away. Oh, no. I could not use it. I could not return it. I couldn't sell it on Craigslist. It was a completely huge waste of my money. And it was yeah. about 100 bucks. Buying local is, uh, I mean, you can't say that enough, right? Yeah, buying for local some is, things. Is, for uh, some things. Like big. maybe those very complex things, I recommend buying them from a local company. Okay, that's good. That's good advice. Um, Corey, uh, don't choose a complicated floor plan. Yeah, I already talked about that. Did you? Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. I'm going to mention it again. Not moving plumbing when you don't have to. Okay. Not moving electrical if you don't have to. Yeah, we kind of covered that a little bit. Not trying to put a a 40-foot clear space underneath your second floor? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, those those are big idea things. And then, of course, there's small idea things, right? The finishing touches. It's important that you keep in mind all of those little things that are going to have to be done after. Like you're, you know, you're replacing your windows, right? Yeah. So you take all your windows out, you replace all your windows, and after you're done, 
you don't have anything to cover your windows on yeah. the inside. Well, here's what I'm about to tell you, folks. Window coverings are expensive. They are. And if you get to the end of your project and your windows are beautiful, but everybody outside can see in because you couldn't afford window coverings, that's something you need to take into consideration. I'll tell you another thing that's expensive. Paint. Yeah, paint. It will cost you an average four or 500 bucks for paint if you're doing a large project. And that's before you pay a contractor to paint the house if you do. Uh, last thing for money. Don't throw away your receipts. Keep all of them. Absolutely. That's a great tip. Okay, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, more Weekend Warriors don't go away. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. If you haven't already, go check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash WW Home Show. Uh, or if you want to send us an email, you can go to par.com, click on the Weekend Warriors link, and uh, see Tony and I's email addresses there. We get a lot of questions and comments. Um, we enjoy uh, replying back. And uh, if we don't reply back to you right away, don't lose... Uh, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Now we're, we're here busy. For you. This is the most busy summer I've ever had in my life. Yeah, but we definitely like to hear what you have to say. Uh, good or bad, we love it all. It helps us be better, and that's what we want. We want to bring you the best info that we can. As long as you send all the bad to Tony. So we're mo- <laughs> we're moving out of uh, we're moving out of budget, and we're going to move on to some technical stuff. Um, there's a lot of uh, technical things that you can do as a homeowner weekend warrior. Um, before the big stuff starts to happen that can really save you time and money going forward. Um, I noticed, Corey, that you added um, one big one on here that uh, we recently um, encountered on your project. Uh, Here's one, right? If you're working outside, don't dig before you call 811. Yes. This is a big deal. Here's the thing. Corey calls 811, right? They come out and they check for things that are in the ground that you can't see, right? They detect that. Water lines, gas lines, power lines, these types of things that are in the ground. Uh, Corey did that. They came out. They located some stuff. And wouldn't you know it, Corey had a gas line that we couldn't see that went right over, well, right underneath a post that we were taken out and replacing, and it was right where we wanted to dig. Mm-hmm. And we had to make a change to the way the fence was, where it was located, and where the posts were going to be. We had to change the layout of his fence uh, specifically because this was there. Now, the guy that put up the last fence didn't take that into consideration. And uh, and we dug down into that spot where, where we knew that it was, and we found that that guy before had damaged it, had to have it repaired, right? And we could see that that was something that had been done when we pulled the old post out because he had damaged it and then put that post right on top of where that was. So uh, that could have been us. If we hadn't called, we would have certainly dug right underneath that post, and then we would be the ones faced with a big problem. 
Yeah, fortunately, we knew it was there. We knew it was there, and that was uh, that was our saving grace. But had we not had called, we would never have known, and it was right where we wanted to be. So uh, that can happen really quickly. And you know what? It's not that deep. You think, oh, well, something like that's going to be two, three, four feet under the ground, probably. Nope. Yeah, it was about 10 inches under the ground. Yep, 10 inches. 10 inches, something that could have really changed this project entirely. And fortunately, we didn't have to deal with it. Uh, but that's very important. That's that's something that you can do ahead of time uh, to make sure that your plan is not going to be changed um, by something technical like that. Yeah, and uh, another one that's technical that's very important is to pull the proper permits. If you're not sure what permits that you need to pull, you can call. Call your local county. You can call the local inspectors and talk to them. Tell them what your plan is. And uh, they'll they'll more than likely, they just give the free information to you to say, yes, you do need to pull that or no, that's not required. Uh, but it's always a good idea because when you pull a permit, it's not just about the government uh, collecting your money. They're not just there to say, yeah, give me your money so you can build this project. Uh, a lot of people have that idea. But what it really does is it's there to protect you. Um, there are certain projects that if you do them, uh, your insurance company won't cover your home without pulling the proper permit. That's right. Uh, there are things that like electrical, like plumbing, uh, even if you hire an electrician to come in, they will come out to make sure that the electrician did it right before the walls get sealed up. Uh, obviously the person that did my kitchen remodel before I bought the home did not pull proper permits right because there were many things that should not have done been done structurally uh, th there was a lot of dangerous things that could have happened uh, because of that work so it's always a good idea check with it technically speaking if you think about it anything structural you have to get a permit yeah you never want to hear the words oh that project was not permitted yeah that's that will definitely hang you up um, later when you're trying to sell your house and that's not good. Yeah. Uh, another, um, another point here, Corey, uh, don't mess with, with your structural framing without an engineer. He's another guy that's here to help you make sure that you're doing something that's proper and safe and, uh, and that your, your family can live there without danger of something that has been not done correctly. You don't want to be messing with the structure of the home, um, without having, a professional engineer um, tell you that that's the way that it's supposed to be done. Uh, we know it's expensive and it is, but that's because they're good at what they do. And, uh, and they, well, they save lives, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, they, they really do. Technically they do. So that goes, that goes right along with this one. Don't start your project without checking the home's bones. Right. Um, when you buy a house, um, an inspector, will come and crawl underneath the house. He'll crawl up into the attic. He looks at everything. He, he tests the entire structure of the home to make sure that it is, um, that it doesn't require a lot of um, remodeling in order to make it, well, you know, up to code or safe or whatever. Um, when you're doing a project, you want to do the exact same thing. You want to make sure that the structure that you can't see is exactly as it should be before you start your project because you could be getting into something that's ultimately just going to sideline you or derail your project. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, don't put holes 
in the roof or in the walls without knowing what's behind them. Just as you were dialing 811, you want to do some exploratory work before you start demoing out anything. Uh, look for electrical outlets. Look for plumbing. Um, if you aren't sure, like you said, knock some very careful holes and look around. Make sure that you're not sledgehammering or sawzalling into electrical or plumbing because that will cause a gigantic problem. This is this, this is a perfect follow-up. It's a nice segue into this. You ready for this? Don't believe that hard work will make up for knowing what you're doing. You can say, oh, I can do it. I can work into, you know, all hours of the night. I won't stop until it's done. I'm persistent. I'm a hard worker. Well, if you don't know what you're doing, uh, that's not going to save you, unfortunately, which is exactly why you want to have uh, permits. You want to have an engineer and right along with that, a contractor. Yeah. Don't hire a contractor that's uh, uh, that's unlicensed, right? These guys have to have licenses for a reason, and there are, this is a fact, there are a lot of contractors out there that are not licensed and bonded, and they're not sometimes for a reason. And so you don't want to you don't want to open up that can of worms. Yeah, because I tell you right now, if a contractor gets injured on your project, you are going to pay for that. And I'll guarantee you that your insurance might foot you with the bill. Yikes. So, uh, so when you are hiring a contractor, uh, use referrals. Go to the places that see them all the time, that know them, that trust them. Um, look at their past work. Talk to your friends and family. A, a contractor that's been used by somebody that you know, and they said, we had a good project and a good experience, and I would use him again. That's the guy you want, or gal. That's the guy or gal you want. Um don't just grab somebody out of the yellow pages. Use referrals. Use um, information and advice from people around who know. And check the CCB website. Absolutely. You can search any contractor CCB to see if it's active, to see if they've had any judgments against them, um, and just make an educated decision. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so um, I'm going to just throw one more thing in here. When, you, when you're on this project, clean up as you go. If you save it until the end, it's going to cost you more money than you wanted to spend on it. I guarantee it. When we come back from this break, we've got Pappy. Don't go away. to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about Weekend Warrior do's and don'ts. Yes, and we have, an, we have, another, we have another do for you. Well, I have a don't. Oh, you have a don't? Which should we do first? Well, let's do the do and the... I'll do the don't, and then you do the do. Okay, you go do... Give me this here. What's the don't? You do the do. <laughs> um, don't ever start a project 
on an empty stomach. And I'm going to say, do make sure that you get enough food to give you the energy to complete your project. Folks, projects are a lot of fun, but you have to properly uh, energize your body during the process and eating is the best way to do that. Absolutely. So the only person we know who can properly fill your tummy with the protein <laughs> needed to get all the energy, of course, Mr. Barbecue. Mr. Barbecue. What's up, Hello, Pappy? Guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? Protein, protein, protein. Yeah, that's I know. Right. <laughs> today we're talking about, uh, today we've been talking to the listeners about uh, um, project, home improvement project do's and don'ts. And it has been a doozy. A doozy. A doozy. And in some cases, it's been a don'tsy. But uh, but now we want to talk about we want to talk about some amazing food. What in the world could you possibly have cooked up for us today? Okay, so I went to a business conference over in Bend, and uh, I got back late Saturday, and we had a birthday party for my granddaughter. So rather than wanting to be up all night, I said to my, we're going to do brisket and we're going to do pork butts. So I said, rather than being up all night, I think I'm just going to, I put them on at 1145 at night and we let them. So what I did is I seasoned them all up, trimmed the brisket. This was bone in, bone in uh, pork butt. Mm. And by the way, cash and carry is carrying, well, the one I went to over here is actually carrying uh, pork belly. Oh, really? That's a, new thing. That's a new thing to their menu. Oh, and yeah. you know what we think about pork belly. Oh, <laughs> we love pork belly. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I get in late. I get them all seasoned up, get them all ready to go. And I think, you know, <clears throat> the party's at 1 o'clock the next day. So I got 12 hours. You know, some of these can get done at 225 and 8, 9 hours. I thought, you know, I'm just going to back these off. So I took the Green Mountain down to – I took that to 200, and I took the Traeger to 180 because that fluctuates. And I put the pork butts in the Traeger, and I put the brisket in the Green Mountain. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to touch them. I'm going to let them go. I'm just going to let them go. So we cooked them. We took them off at 2.30. I, I did wrap them about eight hours into it, nine hours into it. I wrapped both of them in tinfoil to let them kind of steam. Sure. But you guys, I let them go until 2.30. 14. So we went from 11.45 to 2.30 the next afternoon. Man, oh, man. So we pull it off, and we let them sit for a minute. You guys, I've cooked some good stuff before, but this took the cake. Wow. It absolutely forked it. You could fork it. And the brisket totally pulled apart, just totally, with a fork, you could cut the ends of the brisket off. Wow. Yeah. So this, you know, I am all about 225. I'm all about trying to find ways to cook it faster or you know keep it to where it's still going to be tender but you guys this 14 hours 16 hours uh you guys was phenomenal it slow was, and low it, it was just so <laughs> slow and low that it really took it to another dimension that, would, um, that, that, I, yeah. that is absolutely uh, brings a whole new meaning to the words slow and low that is uh, it phenomenal does. it really does um it was uh, so I, I did the seasoning the usual. I did well. I put a little cayenne in there, a little uh, salt and pepper. Um, we did some other stuff. I had a little brown sugar in there. I'm kind of on the brown sugar kick right now with some heat. Um, but 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 you guys, um, it, it had never. It, it you know I've cooked a lot of stuff in my day. Um, 
and it was just phenomenal. Just let it go a little bit slower, take the 14, 16 hours, get it to the 200, 203, and pull it off and let it sit, and you guys cannot go wrong. Did you shred that pork butt after you took it off the grill? I actually did. We did shred the pork butt, and, and it was so funny, you guys, um, to prove a point. It's kind of a funny story. We had a guy show up last year for my granddaughter's first birthday, and he goes, <clears throat> he knew I was going to barbecue, and he goes, oh, we're having hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so I heard that during the winter, and I go, okay, now I'm mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been stereotyped or something. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say a word. Oh, I bet not. <laughs> yeah, he walked out going, all right. Sorry. Yeah, he even threatened to, well, I'll bring some barbecue next year. So he, he walked out of the house that day and said, mm, I'm good. Yeah, he won't be offered to bring any barbecue now. He's like, uh, yeah, you got that yeah. You got that market cornered for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you guys, it, it just take, try it. And because we've always talked, you know, like ribs, we've always talked three, two, one. Um, you know, we've talked about 225, 195 to 203. But, you know, there's just something about this, that, that extra three, four hours at low, uh, just, it just did something different. It just really did something different. So you said you had the Traeger on 180 and you had the Green Mountain on what? 200. 200, 200 flat. Green Mountain stay at 200. Yeah, 200, it stays at 200. And Green Mountain, or the Traeger, mine will go uh, 180. I sat and watched it. It goes 180 to about 215. <laughs> so I knew I was going to be okay. And it just fluctuates but, and, and goes it, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It would, you guys, it would just, uh, and I got to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had five rounds of golf in six days, so I was tired. <laughs> so after you pulled the meat off and you shredded the pork, did you uh, did you yeah. put anything else in there? Did you put some uh, some of your barbecue sauce or yeah. red yeah. chili? We did the Guy Ferretti's, uh, uh Kansas bourbon uh, with some green uh, with uh, red chili, and uh, then we actually added. I actually put a little brown sugar in there, and uh, we put a little cayenne in there mm. to spice it up a little bit more. Um, and then I, we had a, we had another brand of uh, uh, barbecue sauce we had in there, but I can't say it on. Radio. Uh, it's got a it's got a swear word in. It. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I can't say that one on here, but that that was really some great stuff. And we just mixed it all together, and uh, we just did some sandwiches. But 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 getting back to the bull pork, I actually used the fork as the guy was kind of standing by me. I said. <clears throat> And I started using the fork to peel it. <laughs> yeah, you, you got his attention first. Make sure he was seeing what you were doing. I guess that there's a lot of really there's a lot of really great barbecue sauces out there, but you really can't um, appreciate an amazing barbecue sauce if it's on meat that's tough or overdone yeah. or just not yeah. properly flavorful, right? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. get the meat right first, and then uh, and then and then try different barbecue sauces. That I mean, we went to a barbecue place the other day, Pappy, in Newburgh. It's called Stores Smokehouse. And, you know, I've heard about them in Newburgh. I've heard about them, and uh, they have the. Here's the thing: they cook the meat right. Okay, they, they got that part down. Um, but they, they got some, uh, four different barbecue sauces there that they make and, um, one sort of vinegar based, you know, it's real runny, right. but man, oh man, oh man, they taste really good. You just, but you just can't appreciate that barbecue sauce unless you got the meat cooked, right? You, you know, you can't, you can't. And you know, I'm, you know me and we've talked over and over again, you know, I am 95% cooked naked with a barbecue, no barbecue sauce on it. Um, you want to add barbecue sauce, that's your privilege, but you know, it, you don't take away from the meat. The meat's the most important part and everybody's just coats it in barbecue sauce and then you're just you're just eating barbecue sauce yeah 
Absolutely. I agree yeah. with that. Put the barbecue sauce on the table on the side. Yep. People can try it if they want, but the meat stands yep. alone. If it's properly cooked and properly seasoned, it stands alone. Uh, and, and you know, this, this brings me right back to, uh, Pappy dogs, which I feel like I always come back to Pappy dogs. Um, but, uh, it's the same way, right? You don't cook a Pappy dog with ketchup and mustard and all the stuff that's on the table on the side. The Pappy dog stands alone. It does. It does. You know, I, and I will on occasion, but you know, I just, I just want the flavor of the dog. Yeah. It's so and flavorful. Corey had a, when was the last time you had a Pappy dog, Corey? Mm, three days ago. Three days ago, Corey had a, a get together with some people and uh, he got brought the Pappy Dogs out. And boy, you've never seen somebody eat so much. Pappy Dogs are yeah. so good. You just cannot put them down. If you're on, you know, if you're uh, if you're looking for amazing protein that uh, is not expensive, but tastes expensive. Uh, Pappy Dogs are the way to go. Five flavors, right? We got a, a, a beefy Pappy. Original. The original beefy beef beef, beef Pappy, right? Yeah, uh, we got jack. the pepper jack, the the pappy the jack, pappy yeah. jack, the jalapappy, which got uh, little yep. little bits of real jalapeno in there, and there, man, it's absolutely phenomenal. And of course, the uh, the the chipotle dog, peppy. right? Peppy Peel. pappy, yes, and uh, absolutely phenomenal. Did you get the jalapappy? Yeah. I did, yeah. Uh, and those right. can be purchased at Thriftway, Market of Choice, yes. right? Yes. Where else are we at? Um, Chuck's produce stand. Absolutely. Absolutely phenomenal. Okay. We got to run. Pappy. Thank you. Thank you again so much for being on us. We really appreciate it. Uh, it was, we will, we will, uh, everybody that listens just, just can't wait to hear all these amazing, uh, recipes. Thanks Pappy. Uh, We're going to take a quick break folks. When we come back, uh, we're going to wrap up our show. You're listening to Tony Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. home improvement show built by par lumber thanks to pappy for giving us that amazing recipe for the pork belly mm-hmm. it's all Man, about the meat it's good you will not be saying where's the beef because <laughs> it'll be in your belly because it'll be in your belly that's right anyway so today on the show we've been talking about do's and don'ts of your uh, your projects uh we've been talking a little bit about um some of the technical aspects of your project uh like don't mess with structural aspects of your project without consulting engineer uh, do pull the proper permits. Do call 811 before you dig. Yeah. Uh, don't start hammering down your walls without knowing what's behind them. These are just the little things. Uh, did we, we mentioned before, don't hire an unlicensed contractor. That's right. Absolutely. It's very important because you could be held responsible or liable for anything that happens to them on your property. Here's, so, here's another really good one. You are going to run into um, challenges. You're going to run into things that you don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle it. It's These are things that uh, you, in a lot of cases, because you don't know, you're a little bit worried about it. And so um, the natural tendency is to put it off. 
But here's the thing. Don't delay decisions. That is going to cost you, and it's just going to make things worse. Um, you gotta, you got to tackle those, those things head on uh, right out of the blocks. Don't think, well, if I wait, maybe it'll get better, right? It's not likely to happen. So don't delay decisions. One of the most important things you can do, I feel like, is, is handle those things as quickly and efficiently as possible. It costs you less money, and the project will go more smoothly. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, last one for that is um, do practice safety first. Uh, don't get reckless, uh, especially in the demo stages. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that can go wrong, uh, especially if you're working around electrical, uh, around glass, or on a second story, on a roof. Uh, you can get a little uh, overzealous. And uh, I know many contractors who've been in the business a long time that have been hurt. I'll tell you what, I know years ago when, uh, you know, before I was, well, before I was a weekend warrior, right, um, I would, would tackle a project, whatever it might be, and I find myself using power tools or hand tools or whatever the case may be, and I felt like, I'll, I can do this, right? I don't have time to mess around with all the stuff and this and that, and I would just do it, uh, and I had no idea how lucky I was. The fact is, folks, it, it, even the littlest things can save you um, major heartache, major pain, uh, major problems. Wear safety glasses. If you're using a table saw, wear safety glasses. If you're, uh, if you're handling, um, if you're handling material out there, put gloves on, wear gloves, safety glasses, ear protection, uh, wear ear protection. You don't even realize that it's damaging your ears. Um, and you won't realize it until it's too late. That's, you know, huh? until you've got, until you're 45 huh? and you've got tinnitus and your ears are ringing <laughs> all the time. And, uh, you know, you don't want to have to deal with that. Use proper um, protective equipment. Use proper safety. Take your time. Think it through. Uh, those things will cost you dearly if you're not super careful. So that's very important. Here's a few uh, more uh, miscellaneous things that uh, are important things to remember. And this is a good one Corey added. I really like this one. Don't be mean to your contractors. You think that the contractors are working for you. And you're right. They are working for you. Um... But these guys are professionals, right? And they work at their own pace. They, uh, they handle different parts of the project uh, first or last or in the middle because that's the way they do their work. And they know how to put forward the best product. And uh, if you're harassing them, um, you know what? Ultimately, it's just like being in a restaurant and sending your food back for the third time. One of those times is going to come back with, with a loogie in it. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. Does, does it follow the same premise? If you want to have the, you want to have the best result, you know, develop a relationship with your contractor early on and respect it. And, uh, and your contractor will respect you. I'll tell you, I know a lot of contractors, and it does not pay to be mean to them. It does not. You will not get the desired outcome by yelling or or trying to get your way or trying to undercut them or uh, short pay them or all of these things. Uh, if you have concerns, you talk about them up front. You be realistic. Uh, don't be, um, what's the word? Un, you know, don't, don't ask for things that just are impossible. You know, don't tell somebody, you have to have this done by tomorrow or else. Or else what? 
And you can mitigate. They're gonna leave. You can mitigate these problems in the beginning by choosing the right guy. If you choose somebody okay. that was properly referred that you can trust and you trust them, then you know they're going to do a good job for you, and you're not, uh, you know, you're not trying to direct the project like you would somebody who you picked up off the street, right? Yeah, and just be realistic. And you be know, realistic. You have to understand projects uh, are not like they are on TV. <laughs> Here's another really good one. This is a great one. This is another one that Corey put on here, probably just for me. Don't start a new project without finishing the first project. <laughs> I literally uh, is the story of my life because uh, the beginning of a project is always the funnest part, and the end of the project is always the least fun part. Everybody loves demo. And so um, I, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of having more than one project going on at a time, and one project... It's not complete, and there's really no good excuse for it, except I can't seem to get anybody to come over and help me. <laughs> but it's good advice. Take it from somebody who has made the mistake. It's good advice. Finish your first project before you start your next one. You know what? I'm just as guilty. I have a couple projects I haven't finished. Yeah. Uh, here's one, Corey. Don't avoid maintenance, right? You get the project done. You're satisfied with it. Uh, it's not, it's not just because you finished the project and it looks amazing. Doesn't make it any less vulnerable than anything else in the house. Every part of the house is vulnerable. It needs to be maintenanced properly. Um, keep up on it, right? You just put in new hardwood floors and they're absolutely gorgeous. Guess what? You have to sweep them every day and you have to vacuum. You run your Roomba around there and keep that thing clean. Just because they're beautiful when you put them down doesn't mean they're going to stay that way. You have to take good care of your stuff, especially since you just spent a bunch of money on it. Uh, here's a good one. Don't throw away things that you don't recognize. <laughs> they might be important. What's and this? I, and I actually, this I've happened to me. I've never even used this. I don't need this. <laughs> this happened to me a month ago. I picked up this round plasticky thing on the floor in my kitchen, which is just freshly remodeled. And I'm like, what is this? I thought it was a piece <laughs> of toy or something garbage, but it looked important. And I was like, ah, eh, threw it away. A week later, I realized that one of the wheels had fallen off my brand new Bosch dishwasher lower rack. <laughs> so here's me on Bosch.com buying a four pack of wheels for 40 bucks. So I threw one That's away. very funny. If you don't know what it is, don't throw it away until you rule it out. That's good. Um, yeah, this is another really good one, Corey, that you added. Don't forget to take pictures. I'll tell you what, I don't bring a lot to the project necessarily every time. But through all of Corey's projects that I've been with him, I have been the guy with the camera making sure that those pictures, those really big memories, were uh, recorded. And then I can send that all over to Corey later, and he can go back and say, oh, yeah, you remember when we found that, or when we saw this, or when we did that, or how happy we were when we finished that. Those memories are huge, especially uh, through the end of a project. And sometimes, technically, they are very helpful. Just the other day, Tony and I were pulling up pictures from my underfloor project so we could figure out what was going on in another portion of a new project. That's absolutely right. So while we the did. walls were all torn apart, I was looking at pictures from when they were when they were all bare. That's right. I remember that. That's those are they're definitely helpful, and uh, you're going to appreciate it. All right, last one on my list is plan a party. Oh yes, if you plan the party, then you're guaranteed to be done before the party starts. That's a good motivator. Absolutely. I agree with that. And the bonus is everybody, everybody comes over and gets to see how awesome your stuff is. Hey, when's your party? Uh, I'll let you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, folks. That's all the time we got. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here. On the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Network. Have a great week.